Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Tyler Forte. Tyler, thanks for being with us. No problem. Happy to be here. So why don't you start off by telling our listeners who you are and where you're from? Sure. So um, again, I'm Tyler, and I'm originally from New York, born and raised, but uh, I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee, um, after starting Felix Homes, my real estate brokerage. Awesome. And what got you into the real estate industry? Sure. So um, after I graduated college, I worked at a early stage venture capital firm. We were specifically investing in the real estate vertical. And uh, my job was really to source new startups that were in the real estate industry. We invested in a couple of them and I kind of got the entrepreneur bug, so to speak, and uh, wanted to essentially start Felix Homes. Um, So that's kind of what, what got me into the industry. Got it. Got it. And so our listeners have some context. Uh, What was your transaction volume last year? So we're still pretty new. Um, We did probably about 60, 70 transactions last year. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's no, no slouch. And, and so with that being said, you know, what advice would you give to real estate brokers out there that might have a small team and they're around 20 or 30 transactions? How are you able to get to that 60? And also what advice should they ignore? Sure. So um, what we did in in part to get to that number was really relied heavily on organic search um, as one of our main marketing tactics. So you know, writing a lot of local content about the Nashville market um, and about just, you know, generally speaking, different lifestyle articles that um, relate to the Nashville market. So that is really how we've grown kind of our website visitors, you know, by about 300% quarter over quarter. And that's something that any local brokerage can do. Awesome. As you're attracting buyers, like out-of-state buyers, out-of-market buyers, yeah. so there's a huge influx to Nashville right now. So that's yeah. the, the primary focus. Yeah. So, you know, if you were to type in living in in Tennessee or moving to Tennessee or retiring in Tennessee, we pretty much come up number one for every one of those uh, queries. And um, again, that's kind of a tactic that a lot of local brokerages can take to compete against, you know, the Zillow's and Realtor.com's of the world. For sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm curious, you know, your personal journey, what's the single most important action that you've taken on a daily basis that has attributed most to your success? You know, part of it is just uh, building a strong team. And I'm not just kind of referring to, you know, the traditional real estate team that most brokerages have, but building a team of uh, both technology folks, content writers, transaction coordinators. Um, really what makes our brokerage function is, you know, for one, my co-founder, Philip, who's our CTO, he's built out our entire, you know, website and all the technology we use internally from scratch. And then beyond that, just, you know, our team of transaction coordinators, because as a low commission brokerage, really what we have to do is a higher transaction volume per agent. And so the only way we're able to do that is one by kind of building out software that our agents can leverage, but also by, you know, hiring and training really talented transaction coordinators who can handle a lot of the mundane tasks that go on. Yeah, makes total sense. And you know, right now you mentioned a large percentage of your business being search-based and new business. You know, what what percentage would you say are referrals? 
I would say at this point, it's only about 25 to 30%. Um, and we're still trying to refine, you know, kind of the referral funnel um, at the current mm-hmm. moment, whenever we close a transaction, you know, there's the, the closing gift. But beyond that, um, we put a lot of these clients on a separate kind of ad targeting funnel where we're sending them both emails, you know, over time, we're doing some follow-up phone calls with them, um, you know, every quarter. Uh, right. And then, you know, beyond that, um, just sending them some helpful emails about, you know, if they just bought a home, what are some of the things you should be looking out for in that first year of home ownership? Or if you've recently sold a home, you know, what are some places that you may end up moving to if you don't already know? Got it. And what are you giving for closing gifts? So generally speaking, uh, we give like a little watercolor painting of the home, um, which can be pretty cool. And then um, we'll give kind of a fake check of how much they saved. Again, as a low commission brokerage, we really want to you know, kind of show those savings, uh, which are super important. Um, we've had one person mistakenly try and take that check to the bank and try and cash it, which we thought was pretty funny. I got a really strange phone call from a banker one day. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what we give as far as like a small token of our appreciation. Got it. <laughs> and, you know, being a, a low commission brokerage and le- leveraging software, you seem to be pretty cutting edge. So where do you think the industry is heading? Yeah. So um, I don't think real estate agents are going away anytime soon. Um, It is such a large transaction that happens pretty infrequently and people, you know, definitely want an experienced real estate agent by their side throughout the process. You know, that being said, I think the job of the agent is going to be continue um, to get more efficient, right? We kind of initially saw this with um, a lot of e-signature platforms like Dotloop or Transaction Desk, where, you know, as a real estate agent, I don't have to drive across town and get my client to sign any documents anymore. You know, I can simply send it to them through any one of these e-signature platforms. And um, we've also seen a similar thing happen with kind of a lot of transaction management platforms like Paperless Pipeline. And so I think that, you know, that software, whether you build it in-house as a real estate brokerage or you leverage you know, um, existing software, you know, software created by startups that can essentially make the whole transaction process not only more efficient, but have better communication as well between the title company, the lender, you know, both parties of the transaction. So again, real estate agents, I don't think they're going away anytime soon, but uh, their job will definitely become more efficient. And hopefully some of those efficiencies will get passed along to the client. Got it. And so you're seeing more volume and compressed commissions moving forward. Yeah, that's what I would definitely forecast. Yeah. All right. And how do you leverage digital marketing to, you know, gain exposure for listings? Because I'm sure you take listings at some point, right? Yeah, no. Uh, uh, And our business primarily deals with listing homes. Um, I would say as far as the breakdown, you know, we probably list 70% of all of our transactions and we represent the buyer in 30% of those transactions. So we're definitely a little bit skewed towards the listing side. You know, as far as what we do when we do, you know, get a listing, of course, we're putting it on the MLS. And I always tell clients that's where the main exposure is going to come from, um, especially because every real estate website, you know, is syndicated through the uh, MLS. So, you know, within 24 hours, their listing will be on Zillow, Realtor.com, you know, you name it. But beyond that, we also do market the homes on on social media. You know, a lot of realtors are starting to do this as well. But that's just, you know, one other way we gain exposure. And again, we're happy to do some of the traditional methods like open houses. Uh, in all honesty, though, over the past, you know, year, year and a half here, the national market has been absolutely crazy. You know, most homes are going under contract within a few days. So there isn't too much, you know, marketing outside of listing the home on the MLS that we truly have to do. 
Right, right. In today's market, especially. Yeah. And are you, are you leveraging digital marketing at all to generate leads? Absolutely. So um, in addition to kind of organic, you know, search uh, SEO, which is, you know, definitely one of our main traffic channels, um, we do leverage, you know, Facebook suite of advertising. You know, we've also used Google uh, in the past as far as Google search, Google display network, um, YouTube. Um, but we've started to kind of move away from that a little bit and really focus primarily on, on Facebook suite. Got it. And is there anything that you do for your clients that nobody else in the industry does that you know of? So um, I don't know about the industry, but definitely here in Tennessee, we're pretty unique. And I think just, you know, among low commission brokerages, right? Because it is pretty vast, everything from your flat fee MLS companies that provide, you know, let's face it, almost no, you know, service whatsoever, all the way up to companies like us, where, you know, we're not the cheapest option on the market. And again, when I go on a listing consultation, I tell our clients, if you're just looking for the savings, you know, go for sale by owner, go flat fee MLS. Um, we're really that perfect mix, that hybrid between, you know, still getting a full service agent by your side to advise you on price, how to get your home ready for the market, you know, really everything a full service agent would do. But because we do higher volume per agent, because we are able to leverage those internal tools to make the job of the agent more efficient, um, we're able to charge that 1% commission. So that's definitely one thing is, um, you know, I like to say we're, we're, you know, five-star service meets low commissions where, you know, again, we're still providing that, that really great service to the client. Um, and then beyond that, the other thing we do, at least here in Tennessee, that is unique is a buyer's agent commission rebate. And it's a little tricky how we do it here. Tennessee is actually one of 10 states that doesn't allow it. Um, where, you know, again, as a real estate agent, I can't just cut a check to my client. So one kind of loophole or a way we've kind of gotten around that is whenever we're making an offer on behalf of one of our buyers, uh, we cut the commission um, that we take. And we also write into the contract that the seller puts that difference towards the buyer's closing costs. So effectively, mm -hmm. it's the same thing, but, um, you know, obviously not as clean as just being able to write the client a check. Right, right. Absolutely. And are you using that as like a lead generation tool to get people in the funnel or is that conversation happening with the buyer more so once you've already connected with them? No, that's something that, um, you know, we advertise and something that is, you know, a lead generation tool. So that's, you know, out there in the open, there's really no negotiation uh, per se that goes on. So on the buy side, you know, it's one and a half percent on the listing side, 1%. So. Cool. Yeah, got it. And with all this going on, you know, you, you seem to be growing pretty steadily and mm -hmm. you have a lot of systems in place. You know, how do you process what to say no to? Like, how do you evaluate that? As far as like an advertising standpoint or Anything. saying no sometimes to customers? Yeah, I mean, really, there's so many opportunities. It's so easy to yeah. get distracted. And yeah. the key thing in entrepreneurship today is focus. I mean, focus yeah. is more valuable than intelligence today. Yeah. So... How do you say no to like, what are your, what's your process yeah. for that? So when it comes to taking on new business, right? I mean, we say no pretty often to either potential buyers or, you know, to people who want us to list their home. And some of the reasons would be, you know, if, if we do a CMA and we spend quite a bit of time, you know, looking into how much a home should be valued at. And if, you know, the seller for whatever reason is just, you know, really unrealistic about the price of their home, uh, we typically won't take on that client just because again, we're in the business of, you know, higher volume, we can't have an agent have a listing sit on the market for, you know, 50, 60 days taking up, you know, a lot of their time. 
So if the client is unrealistic or if their home is just in really terrible shape where we don't think it will sell within, you know, typically 30, maybe 45 days, um, that's something that we may say no to. Again, on the buy side, if we have a client who really isn't sure of what they want, because really, you know, our model on the buy side is it's primarily meant for people who are willing to find the home themselves on either our home search platform or Zillow or, you know, any of the, the portals out there. And then they bring us what listings they want to check out in person. We show it to them. And if they want to make an offer, we write up the offer. Um, right. But if there's someone who is, you know, moving here from, let's say, out of state, doesn't know anything about Tennessee, you know, needs to be driven around and, and kind of have their, their hand held throughout the entire process, we're probably not a good fit for them. Um, so we'll typically, you know, either refer them to another agent, you know, or just tell them that it's just not going to be a good fit. Um, and then more on the business side, trying to figure out, where do we spend a lot of our time? And because we have uh, kind of a, a tech team of developers in, in-house, that's really where I spend a lot of time, you know, working with them and planning out what we're going to build because their time is super valuable and kind of our product roadmap um, all relies on what's going to give us the biggest return for our time. So currently, because again, we're still kind of in those beginning stages of, of a company, you know, still in startup phase and, and pretty early we're building a lot of lead gen tools, a lot of tools to drive traffic to our website. And then kind of as we progress, you know, we're now starting to look at how can we make the job of the agent more efficient? How can we build out some more of these internal tools um, or tools that may not have a direct ROI, but tools that, you know, could really increase the efficiency of, of our job or just make the client experience that much better. Yeah, got it. And I like how you mentioned, you know, the everything is streamlined to deliver the the most ROI. So when you're considering a buyer that needs to be driven around, that's not in your business model, you refer it out. Yeah. So yep. yeah, that's that has clarity on, you know, what's most important and what your business model is. And that probably came from your uh, experience in venture capitalists, like being at a venture capitalist firm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, unfortunately kind of are, are time wasters out there and and the key um, you know, in any business is identifying them early on hopefully not sinking in too much of your time into those type of people. And, um, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with kind of needing a little bit more handholding throughout the process. But, you know, if that's the case, then there's probably someone else who's better suited to, um, to serve those needs. And we're really upfront with people about that. You know, and again, if we're a good fit for them, great, we're, we're happy to work for them. But if not, you know, there probably is someone else out there who, um, you know, would be able to provide them with a bit of a, a more tailored process. Right. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll uh, get that 3% commission. Correct. Yep. Makes sense. So in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Huh. You know, I would say the, the, the biggest kind of habit is trying to, you know, learn a new skill. And especially as a CEO, this is really the job of, I think, any CEO is to learn how to do something, try and perfect it as best you can, and then, you know, try to um, essentially train someone else to do it. Right. Um, I heard, you know, probably two or three years ago, a quote, and I forget who said it, but um, it went along the lines of, you know, if as a CEO, you're kind of doing the same thing over and over again, that you think could be, you know, either outsourced or given to someone else to do, you're not using your time very efficiently. And, you know, really, all we have in, in life is time. And um, there, unfortunately, is no kind of replication machine or anything that anyone's developed yet. So, you know, as someone who is is running the company and leading the company, you know, really my job should be to, you know, learn how to do something. And then if we think it's worthwhile, you know, hire someone else to do it, to try and use our time as efficiently as possible. Yeah, 
Awesome. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I completely agree, you know, being myself, the CEO of multiple companies, you know, mm-hmm. you can't get caught doing the same thing over and over and over again. You got to create a system, create a standard operating procedure and yeah. train someone to do it or instill automation in, yeah. in, you know, have some type of automation tool, software tool, whatever it is, some kind of uh, bots to continue that operation on a consistent basis and then just maintain it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's so key, that leverage of time and making sure to focus on the different areas of your business evenly and not just favor one because maybe you're good at it or you enjoy it. Um, it's really important to be able to break away and, and give that focus to other areas. Absolutely. So, that's a good point. Yeah. So I'm curious about failures. I mean, is there an apparent failure from the past that gave you just an amazing learning lesson and set you up for future success? Do you have like a favorite failure of yours? I mean, the, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is um, when we first started Felix Homes, I was actually still living in New York. And one of the biggest kind of failures that happened early on is just not being in the market, you know, that we're operating in. You know, it seems pretty, you know, um, kind of intuitive, you know, looking back. But, you know, I think that being in the Nashville market, kind of learning the ins and outs of the market, um, and also learning what makes Nashville unique, you know, was something that I couldn't read about, I couldn't even, you know, talk to our agents that we had as boots on the ground here. So really being in the market that, you know, we're currently in, and then as we expand to other cities, you know, learning what's unique about that city and um, kind of tailoring our service to, you know, to meet those needs is really important. Um, So that's kind of the first, you know, kind of failure that comes to my mind. Again, kind of going back to kind of the previous question, just learning how to outsource things effectively, right? Or um, delegate, you know, different tasks. So when we first started the company, I was definitely someone who, you know, wanted to do it all. And as we continue to grow, there's just absolutely no way that, you know, that would be human, humanly possible. So really learning how to effectively, you know, like you mentioned, create a standard oper- operating procedure, um, how to find good talent, right? So a lot of the people that we hire, um, we spend a lot of time on, you know, making sure we are hiring the best people and, you know, training them, getting them to hopefully do the job better than I would have ever done it. Um, and so taking those standard operating procedures and expanding on them and, you know, also refining them at the same time. Yeah, that makes sense. And being separated from the market that you're attempting to build a brokerage in would be difficult. So Yeah. yeah, I can, I can see that. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what questions do you ask yourself to get back on track? You know, when I'm overwhelmed, at least, you know, I, I really try and, and it, it's pretty cliche, but see, be someone that, that lives in the moment, right? If I'm feeling overwhelmed, you know, the first thing I do is say, okay, what am I going to achieve today? And keep it, you know, attainable. Um, don't say you're going to run five miles today. You know, you're going to, you know, read for, for two hours. Like there's only so much time in a day. So really making your goal attainable and breaking it down where you are just judging yourself is the wrong word, but, but setting goals on a day-to-day basis. You know, sometimes it can feel really overwhelming if you're trying to plan too big, if you're trying to plan for, you know, the month or the quarter, and those are definitely good things to do. Um, but then trying to break those down, you know, in some way where, you know, maybe every, every day you're trying to achieve something every week, you know, you have a certain goal in mind, so that's definitely, you know, I would say our, our biggest advice. And, um, you know, whenever things get too crazy or, or too overwhelming, we really try and say, okay, 
let's boil it down to what we're going to do today and just focus on that. Got it. Yeah, I, I like that. And really just bringing it back down to what's important right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Tyler, is there a question that I should have asked you or, or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from what we've discussed? You know, I, I would say as a real estate industry, we really need to accept technology and, and leverage it as much as we can, right? A lot of very traditional brokerages, uh, many of them will just kind of get a website from, you know, these kind of pre-built website companies. And, and that's really not what we want to be doing as an industry, right? Take ownership of the technology aspect. Um, hiring great developers is just as important as hiring a great agent onto your team. And the only way to, you know, own your business and own what you do is to own the technology behind it. We've kind of, as an industry, made a mistake, you know, initially by not building out, you know, our own portals and kind of leaving it up to Zillow and, and Realtor.com to build them out, you know, and that obviously hasn't really played very well to, to the real estate industry, um, at least from the real estate perspective, from the agent perspective. And again, don't just go to these portals or these, you know, referral intermediary type businesses and, and pay them for leads. Learn how to generate your own leads, you know, whether it is refining your referral business, right? Whether it is creating better email campaigns, you know, email is something that we focus on very heavily um, because it does have a great conversion rate if you do it correctly where you're not just spamming out emails, but you're actually trying to drive people further down a funnel. Um, and again, leveraging organic search or orga organic social where you're not paying every time someone clicks on an ad that you put up on Google or Facebook. You know, those would be kind of the, the main things that I would focus on as a brokerage because as commissions continue to compress, as, you know, the market maybe starts to move in that direction, you still need to compete. And the only way to compete is to drive down your customer acquisition cost. The best way to do that is to have a way where, you know, potential clients can find you organically, where you're not paying, you know, Google or Facebook every time they click on your link. And then once you do kind of capture them as a lead, you know, how can you really provide a lot of value? Are you calling them right away? Are you then putting them on a, you know, segmented drip campaign where you're sending them articles or giving them tips that they actually want to hear about? So again, owning that technology is, is, is core aspect number one, and then really being able to leverage the client experience, right? From when they first hear about your company to when they sign up to, you know, throughout the entire process so that they have an enjoyable experience with you and want to refer you to friends and family. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I appreciate all those insights, you know, really focusing on the organic and, and free aspects of search that are available. Yeah. It's it's super important. With that being said, you know, how can our listeners contact you? Sure. So um, you can go to felixhomes.com. Uh, that's our website. And then you can contact me by email. Tyler at felixhomes.com is my email. So if anyone wants to learn more about, again, uh, SEO, or, you know, just maybe some of the, you know, technology that we're building here internally, uh, to help leverage both the client experience and the time that our agents spend, per transaction, they can reach out to me and I'm happy to answer any questions for them. Awesome. Tyler Forte, everyone. He is doing some interesting things over there in Nashville with search and technology, building, you know, full stack development within the brokerage and, you know, really setting himself up for future success. So really appreciate having you on. And uh, it's a, a fresh new perspective on what real estate can and, and probably will be in the future. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening. 
you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.